right. Special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. We're so happy to have here on the show the director of this fine, heartwarming film, 5,000 Blankets. We have Amin Metallica. hope I pronounced that okay. Absolutely. Good job. <laughs> and we have Cindy Bunch, who is the actual person that Anna portrays, Anna Camp portrays in this wonderful film. Thanks so much for joining us here on uh, this interview. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Yes. I watched the film and wow, again, like I said, heartwarming um, and also uh, a great film for the holidays. Um, and I noticed that you didn't kind of push the Christmas part of the film, but they, there were some references to Christmas in the film. So would you call this a Christmas film? Not necessarily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it culminates in Christmas, but certainly it's a it's a year-round film. But yeah, the third act is totally uh, set in Christmas time. But it's yes. not a it's not a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's more of a grounded. I think uh, you could watch it at any time of the year, probably. I don't know. It's up to the viewer. It's up to the viewer. Yes, yes. All right. Well, first of all, tell us how you got the uh, Anna Camp involved. Obviously. Uh, an amazing actress from the Pitch Perfect franchise and many other great projects. And uh, and I saw at the end credits, Cindy, you actually uh, met Anna Camp. You guys uh, had a nice little hug. So, uh, oh, yes. Cindy, amazing. yeah, how, was, how, how did you feel that Anna portrayed you personally? I personally, I don't think they could have picked anybody better. There's just no way. Yeah, I could tell you when when I met um, Anna, we we went, to, you know, when she read the script, she said, "Yeah, let's, I'll I'll have a meeting with you." And um, they sent me out, and uh, we had uh, a coffee, and instantly we just jived like this. It was like uh, we were high fiving. We're like, "Yeah, we we see the same movie. We didn't want to make something that's preachy or didactic. We wanted to tell a human story." She loved the script. Right. And it was really the script that won her over. And then I uh, gave her the confidence that we're going to make a movie that is respectful to the audience's intelligence and just make a character story. And I didn't know anything about the real Cindy, Cindy Bunch. Like, I didn't know what you were like, you know, what you looked like or what you were like. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I, you know, as far as I was concerned, uh, we had the character on the page. And then when Anna got involved, she gave her life in a in such an honest and beautiful way and had moments of humor where we wanted and moments of struggle and internal um triumph uh, through the whole journey um she was wonderful to work with and just amazing off screen and on screen and really like i remember shooting some scenes some scenes we were shoot we shoot one take we had no time you know it was a 17 day shoot and Anna would just land it perfectly. Sometimes we'd do, for first take was perfect. Second take, just to try something a little bit different. But we were able to move very fast because of her just amazing, just she's the real deal, the real pro. Yeah, absolutely. Really True professional. So I was curious, Cindy, how much of the film, obviously the, the film is based on actual events, but were there any aspects that were not? factual i mean for for obviously for uh, film reasons and entertainment reasons things are a little bit different but or is everything pretty much exactly what you experienced well they, they, they kind of changed some scenes um they changed some scenes but they're actually kind of the scenes if that makes sense okay 
Does that make sense? There, at all? there are some dramatizations that become a little bit enhanced. Like there's the fire, enhanced, which was yes. a, 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 a new element to to kind of escalate in the condensed time that you give the movie. Uh, in the hour and a half, hour forty minute uh, time, you gotta condense, escalate the drama a little bit. So we added the fire. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a big right. fire that happens and. And so that's fictional. As far as I know, that's fictional, right, Cindy? No, it's not fictional, but it didn't happen that way. It happened another way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The way it, the way it's portrayed in the film is a yeah, is, it's fictionalized. Yeah. And uh, but we tried to kind of capture the essence of her journey in a way that was compelling to the audience without being too far from the truth. Yeah. That that's that's amazing to hear of how uh, similar that is. And of course, yes, you have to. Make some uh, changes to to for for movie purposes. I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Very very cool. Uh, so let's talk about some of the the other elements, uh, Cindy, because uh, you were dealing with now. Just a quick synopsis for those uh, that haven't seen the film or haven't read about it yet. Um, Cindy, you were dealing with your husband that went missing, and he was suffering from mental illness, and you mm-hmm. pretty much go on a hunt for uh, to find him with your son and mm-hmm. encounter. Um, some uh, homeless folks on the way that kind of take you into a sub story of, of creating the blankets, but in essence, that was kind of uh, pivotal and for you uh, locating uh, your husband eventually down the road. Uh, tell us about your experience. I mean, as far as the actual events, cause you actually lived these events that we saw. When Philip was five and a half, um, five and a half, almost six going into first grade is when his father started disappearing he got off his medications he's he was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic and he quit taking his meds and and they do that all mentally people do mentally ill people do that from time to time and um he got off his meds and just started disappearing and he was working in downtown fort worth he was a construction engineer and the homeless district is two blocks away from where he was working so philip and i would go looking for him um, and we just started looking in the homeless district and uh, my my son had never seen anything like that. But I had never seen anything like that before. And um, of course, Philip had not either. And it was just um, it was Philip that actually started this whole ball rolling. It, it turned into Philip's wish. It was a wish he had to warm up people. He wanted he wanted to find his father, but he saw things out there that touched him in a way where he wanted to make it to where I'm going to find my father and I'm going to make sure these people are warm. And basically, he asked me a question one night and he he asked me if I was warm when I was talking. We had been out all day looking for his dad. And he asked me if I was warm that evening as I was tucking him into bed. And I told him that I was. And then he asked me, do you think daddy's warm? Whoa. And I said, I hope, I hope he is. And he goes, well, mom, what about all those other people that we saw? All those other people that are in the tents and living in the boxes and laying on the ground. Do you think they're warm? And I basically just told him the truth. No, honey, they're not warm. And he says, well, then we need to get lots and lots of blankets so we can warm them all up. And that this child did not stop. He did not stop. He brought me his piggy bank and there was $7.20 in it. He says, go buy blankets. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have money 
I'm living in poverty myself <laughs> right now. I was living with my mom and it was just like, okay. And he didn't stop every day, every day. It just went on. And finally I just said, okay, this is it. This is Philip's wish. Wow. And I just, I, I typed this letter and it told our whole story, everything. I mean, raw, beautiful, the whole, basically what you see on the screen. And um, I handed out a thousand copies. I stood on the t- on the streets of downtown Fort Worth, and everybody that walked by, I put it in their hands, and I said, "Take this, take this." I, th- I know they thought I was some kind of crazy nut job woman uh, because I was shy and I didn't yeah. go into any detail, and nobody asked me anything. And um, a reporter somehow got a copy of it, and he called me up and he said, "I'd like to have you come to a segment." on our TV station, would you be interested in doing that? And I'm like, heck yeah, of course I would. I, I need to get these 5,000 likes. So we did a segment when Philip was seven, five and a half years old and it landed in the hands of a screenwriter. He saw it on TV and he called me and he said, I'd like to um, write um, a screenplay about your life. And I was, I didn't really think much about it, to be honest with you. And I'm just like, okay. So he called me the next day. He said, hey, can we meet for coffee? And I'm like, sure. And so we went for coffee and um, the rest is history. Yes. And so that screenplay is written. So, I mean, how did you get involved to direct the film um, once you uh, read the screenplay, I'm guessing? Yeah. Uh, the producer, Doug Schaefer, and I go way back. We went to AFI together. And the screenwriter who ultimately re- uh, wrote the f- the final scri- uh, script, uh, Matt Antonelli, was also uh, one of our classmates. So uh, they had been developing the movie over at Sony for eight years, I think, or maybe even 10 years by now. And um, and they sent me the script. They said, hey, uh, this movie is greenlit, uh, almost greenlit. We basically want to make it this year. And so I came in late into the game. And read the script and it was like a page turner, you know, it just flowed very beautifully and it was very moving and compelling. Uh-huh. And it was a story of human struggle. It was it, it reminded me of Rocky in many ways. It's like somebody who keeps getting beat up by life. And they're like, I'm not I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm going to pick myself up and just keep going. And uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. And then I basically signed on. And once I came on board, it was moving at full throttle. It was. You know, we we did the whole pre-production in a month and shot the movie in 17 days. And wow, and 17 days to shoot a feature. Quickly. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was the the quickest uh, the quickest movie I've shot. Wow, that's amazing um, time management there. Yeah. Um, and Cindy, uh, what what did you think of uh, the actors that portrayed uh, Philip and Bobby? And that's Carson and Rob Mays. And actually, interviewed Rob Mays uh, a few years ago. Interestingly yeah. enough. How did you feel that they portrayed um, your oh, son man. and husband? And um, uh, did they meet them as well? Oh, I met them. The cast, I, I, we couldn't have asked for a better cast. The cast was absolutely amazing. And when you, when, you know, when, because I got to be on set. And when you're on set, you know, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, I was kind of really nervous. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is Hollywood. These people are going to look at me like I'm less than. That was in my mind, of Mm -hmm. course. And how am I going to measure up to these people? But I tell you what, I have never felt so loved. So loved by that whole cast, the crew, the director, the writers, everybody just embraced me. 
and I, it just it was just beautiful it was like a god thing it was like god ordained this mm-hmm. i mean to down to the every little scene i mean i had to actually walk away from one scene because wow. it hit so close to home i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't stay in overwhelming there. yeah overwhelming yeah. emotion yeah. yes what's interesting is when we cast um uh carson uh, I didn't know anything about like what what the real Philip looked like, but his audition just blew blew me away. I was like, this kid is special. Actually, I just posted his audition on social media because it was so compelling. Oh, good. Yeah. And his face was just like it was like there were all these kids who did these auditions, and then there was Carson. And I was like, this this is this kid is a, a, a very special. And uh, actually, you know, Judd Judd Hirsch, the actor, did a movie with him called Rally Caps, and I just saw this thing that they were oh, at the nice. premiere for the movie or a screening for the movie, and Judd Hirsch sneaks up to the reporter interviewing Carson. He says, "This is a, a, a shrunken sixty-five-year-old because <laughs> he's a he's a little <laughs> man. He's like a little kid. He's ten, uh, but he has the soul and the, the old the, soul. <laughs> see, oh, he was amazing. Yeah. And seeing him yeah. with Anna, how they jived was very seamless. And then him and um and uh rob who plays his father really instantly you know we, we, we didn't have much time to rehearse so they bonded instantly and uh back to your earlier point um and then did realize like he actually looks a lot like the real uh philip uh and they did exactly get if you put them yeah. side by side in pictures at that age they look exactly the same it's That's something else is a little easter egg in the movie that last scene at the diner uh the first person to cross frame is the real philip so he's in the movie oh, as well. that's background so yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. He's, he's he's he carries the camera, and we find them sitting together. So there's a little oh, Easter. Wow. And Cindy is in the movie too, shelving some stuff and putting bags. So yes, you got to put them in cameos. There. They were nervous. One thing your, I want to say, you get Rob, your SAG waiver from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Rob Mays also did uh, the. He's also a country singer, and he did a lot yes. of homework of his own. And he three of his songs are in the movie as well. Yeah, he's fantastic. And, it was great having him and the the level of uh, depth he gave the character with so little dialogue, you know. That is amazing. So we reached that time, sadly, but um, we know that we can check out um, 5,000 Blankets. Um, you can go to fathomevents.com. Uh, you have a screening on December 12th and December 13th in about 700 theaters, correct? 800 Eight? theaters. 800, 800 yeah. theaters. Yeah. Fantastic. Eight and growing. Check it. Check out the film at a city near you. And in addition, what is the plans after the two day theater run uh, streaming platform, perhaps not till next year? Yeah, it okay. will be. But but this is exclusively theatrical at the moment. So okay. please come out to this to the big screen. See it in, in with a communal experience. This is the way to see small movies. Yes. And I I promise there will be emotion and some tears to bring Kleenex. <laughs> you, well, you got me for sure. There was <laughs> you got my emotions all like and I trying not to cry in public now, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, wow! Thanks so much, Amin and Cindy. Thank um, and we always like to close out the interview by a promo. Let us know who you are. Uh, let us know your your film and uh, let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Okay, um, I'll start. Uh, I'm Amin Metalka, the director of 5,000 Blankets, and we are on the Below the Belt show. Well, I'm Cindy Bunch with Philip's Wish, and um, just want to say how humbled I am to be on um, Below the Belt show. <laughs> Did I get that right? 
and I look forward to uh, everybody getting out and watching this beautiful, beautiful film, 5,000 Blankets. Fantastic. Wow. What a film, guys. Thank you, thank you so much uh, thank for, you. for joining us here uh, on this interview. And thank you so much, Ashley, for setting it up.